Hi everyone, welcome to the Foundational Skills in Life Sciences podcast. We discuss the skills that the life science scholars learn, use and improve throughout the professional activities. Your benefit is expressed in my motto, learn the skills, enjoy academic life. I'm your host, Dr. Synaptologica. Synaptologica, or synaptology, is a study of synapses where a communication occurs between nerve cells. I'm a neuroscientist and a professor at a university in the United States. Google will celebrate its 25th birthday in September of 2023. On this occasion, the CEO of Google published a blog article. He reflected on the past, the current, and the future of Google. I also found his recent public speech about the future direction of Google. Now that we rely on Google very much for online information search, I thought that it would be a great opportunity for us to talk about them. In this episode today, we will briefly talk about his presentations and discuss our general thoughts triggered by them in the context of life sciences. I have listed the links to the source information on my website. Please go to synaptologica.com forward slash five. Five is the number five because this is the fifth episode. Section one, status of online search when Google started. The CEO of Google and Alphabet is Mr. Sundar Pichai. I asked my colleague and a postdoctoral researcher from India about how to pronounce his name, so I hope my pronunciation is almost right, if not perfect. That's Mr. Sundar Pichai. He published a blog article on the company website on September 5th, 2023, which was about two weeks before this recording. He celebrated the 25th birthday of Google, starting with an overview of how the company has progressed over the past 25 years. Mr. Pichai remembers what he asked to Google search back then. For example, he asked, how do you fix a dripping faucet? Fastest route to Stanford Hospital? Ways to calm a crying baby? I do not remember what I had asked Google at around that time. But I do remember that Google search was a huge improvement from the previous frustrating activities of online information search before Google search was developed. Section 2. My personal experience with online search before Google. Before Google was established, the answers to the type of questions that Mr. Pichai asked were very difficult to search for. In the late 1990s, I was using a web browser called the Netscape Navigator. It was the most popular browser at the time, but it was discontinued in the early 2000s. So many of you might not know this name. Anyway, I do not remember the search function that I used within the Netscape Navigator at the time. Maybe it was curated manually, in contrast to a true search engine that automatically browses the internet and indexes the web pages. I remember that whenever I read the list of search results then, I could not get the right information on the first page of the results, and I had to read many result pages. Most often, the web pages in the list were not so relevant to what I wanted to know, and most often, I could not get the information in the end. I often gave up. The web pages in the results were very far from the target information. It seemed to me as if any web page that included the keywords that we typed in was included in the resulting list. And it seemed to me 
there was no clear ordering or ranking rule for those web pages in the list. It may have been difficult to understand the user's intention from the typed in keywords or query. Simply said, the result list appeared to show the web pages at random. At least I felt that way. I remember vividly that the online search before Google was very frustrating. Can we reproduce that feeling now? It will be difficult to find a poorly performing search function now, but we can reproduce the feeling if we do a thought experiment. In a thought experiment, we can do something that is not possible in a practical world. Here, we would ask Google to do a search, but we will ask Google to show a limited number of web pages in the result, say 1,000 pages. Then we will ask Google to show the search result not in a regular order, where the most relevant web page comes to the top of the list, but in a reverse order. Then the most irrelevant web page among the 1,000 will come to the top. Suppose we read that list from the top. When you read the first web page, you will find that it is not talking about what you wanted to know. You read the second web page, you will find that it does not talk about what you wanted to know either. You read 10 pages further, and you will find the same thing. No relevant result. I hope you can easily imagine how frustrating those web pages will look to you. Section 3. My personal experience with Google Search. Now we have Google Search. We can obtain the necessary information, usually in the first few pages in the list. Bingo! Sometimes we may need to go over 10 to 20 web pages or more in the list. Even if that is the case, most often the web pages show something close to what we want to know. So the search experience is very satisfactory overall. We are definitely benefiting from the capability and efficiency of Google search every day. Of course, this comment applies to our life sciences as well. In the basic science, we can ask, for example, structure of DNA. How many axons does a common neuron have? List of inhibitors of protein kinase C. In the clinical science, we can ask, for example, common symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, treatment options for hypertension, potential side effects of anti-inflammatory medications. Google search will give us a list of relevant websites. We will be happy to find the answers from those different sources so that we will be able to compare and contrast different pieces of information and different viewpoints. I believe this compare and contrast is an important thinking tool. It is useful when I do a scientific research, when I teach students, and when I learn anything new or old. I know that many people prefer simple statements about scientific facts. The simpler, the better. This is true for many students at multiple stages. But in life sciences, too simple a statement is often inaccurate or wrong, so we want to be a little careful when we read and evaluate the search results. Having multiple web pages in search results is not a confusing thing. Instead, I think it is actually a good thing for us in life sciences. This is totally different from the pre-Google search experience. The search result in the pre-Google time was often a collection of only distantly related web pages or seemingly irrelevant web pages. 
such a list was not insightful at all. Now the Google search gives a collection of relevant web pages, and we can learn a lot from such a collection. I cannot imagine our life science activities without a search engine like Google. According to Mr. Pichai, Google's mission is to, quote, organize the world's information and make it universally accessible and useful, close quote. As one standard user, I would like to thank Google for its huge effort to make it possible. Section 4. Generative AI and the Google Products In a 16-minute YouTube video, Mr. Pichai presented an opening speech at the Google I.O., an annual developer conference held by Google. This was early in May of 2023. He emphasized the importance of artificial intelligence, or AI. Specifically, he showed how generative AI is improving the Google products. The three examples that he gave were Gmail, Google Maps, and Google Photos. In the video, we can see how those products became user-friendly, supportive, and creative. Generative AI has a huge impact on them. Section 5. Generative AI in my limited space in academia. The YouTube video of Mr. Pichai reminded me of one of my outstanding undergraduate students. He majors in computer science. He uses a generative AI like ChatGPT extremely fluently. And he integrates it with other computer programs using the Application Programming Interfaces, or APIs. With these tools, he is writing, interpreting, editing, and debugging computer program codes. He says that the computer science and its education were drastically transformed by the launch of ChatGPT in 2022. He was very passionate, enthusiastic, and positive about the development of generative AI in general. Actually, he is doing more than learning the coding. He is applying the tools and his skills to other areas, such as robotics. I was impressed by him very much. His excitement was contagious. I used to do computer programming myself extensively for my own scientific research. I created my own data acquisition system and also the image analysis system in my postdoctoral years. But his passion and capability are easily well beyond my level. Well, he is a computer science major, and I'm not. So it might seem reasonable. But I could see how a young and talented computer scientist like him can learn quickly and move the field forward drastically. I can see it, maybe because I have some programming experience, and I know that he is not only very good at that, but also much, much, much better than I was. In my daily activities in research, teaching, service, and administrative work, I have not been using AI extensively yet. I have only started using a part of the generative AI tools. I would say they are still at a testing stage. I talked with several life science colleagues and with students in the professional schools of life sciences. They seem to be at a similar level as I am, except for a few faculty members who use machine learning for analyzing experimental data. So it was very exciting and very influential to talk with the computer science student. How can we improve the quality and efficiency of life science activities using the AI tools? We do not have a clear answer to the question yet. 
The answer will depend on who you are and what type of work you are doing, but we would like to keep thinking about it. This Google Birth Month is a good opportunity for us to think deep and wide about the Google search and the generative AI. I'm enjoying thinking about them. I am more motivated to use them effectively than before. I hope you are enjoying thinking too. This is it for today. The next episode in the mini series of online information search will be about an experiment that Google is doing now. It is to integrate generative AI with Google search. Your action. Please send me an email. I would like to communicate with you about your comments, suggestions, and criticisms. Constructive ones, please. My email address is ideas at synaptologica.com. Thank you for joining me in today's episode of Foundational Skills in Life Sciences. I am Dr. Synaptologica. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again. I'll see you soon. Bye for now.